Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a certified nutrition and health coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset, love their bodies, and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to episode seven of Finding Freedom. I am so excited about today. This is a topic that I am super, super, super passionate about. If you follow me on any social media, you know, I pretty much don't shut up about this. So I am excited to have a really good conversation about it. So today we're going to be talking about the restrictive mindset. So what that is, why it exists, how that kind of shows up why it's, you know, bad for you, because spoiler alert, it's bad for you and how you can get out of it as well. What the alternative is. So I used to have a restrictive mindset and it did not improve my life. It did not make me healthier. It pretty much, I'm going to say ruined my life for quite some time. It really had a negative impact on me and my health and my well-being and all of those kinds of things. So that's why I want to help you guys get out of a restrictive mindset if you're in one. And a lot of us are in it. It's very much a normal thing for us to have a restrictive mindset. So what is a restrictive mindset? Basically, it's when you're on a diet. And a lot of people don't identify as being on a diet because diets aren't cool anymore. So instead, they like to say they're living a healthy lifestyle when actually they're on a diet. Now, no judgment. This was me for a very, very, very long time. I like to be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not on a diet. I'm just eating healthy. But it was a straight up diet. It was straight up diets. So there's nothing, I do want to just preface this by saying there is nothing wrong with living a healthy lifestyle. The problem is when the healthy lifestyle is masquerading as a healthy lifestyle, but it's actually a diet. I would say that I live a healthy lifestyle, but I'm not restrictive at all. Now, back in the day when I was restrictive, I actually probably used to think I wasn't restrictive. Like, I feel like I was in a bit of denial. I used to be like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to eat sugar. I don't want to eat, I don't know, cheese. I freaking love cheese. Cheese is my favorite food. I would say, you know, I don't actually want cheese. I, I want to be vegan. You know, I want to just eat no animal products. I just want to have almond milk. I love almond milk. No one loves almond milk. I mean, I still drink almond milk if they don't have oat milk. But like, that's just because it makes me feel better than regular dairy milk now. But at the time I was like, no, I love it. Nobody loves it. You don't love the taste of it. Come on. So I know that this just wasn't just me because I had, I had some friends who were going through similar things at the same time as me. And I remember one of my friends used to always be like, oh no, I can't eat bread. I don't like bread. It makes me really bloated. Like it just makes me feel yuck. It makes me feel sick. So I don't eat bread. And then later, like once we both kind of came out of this restrictive, disordered mindset, I remember saying to her, like, so did bread actually make you feel crap? Or is that just something you kind of convinced yourself of because you thought bread was bad for you? She's like, oh yeah, straight up. I convinced myself. I convinced myself I didn't like bread because I thought it was bad for me and I shouldn't be eating it. So 
just another example of how we can fool ourselves. We can delude ourselves. So I really encourage you to kind of think critically and develop really good self-awareness because I think self-awareness is like the number one key to improving our lives, 100%. So let's talk about, I guess, what the rules look like, what the restrictive mindset actually looks like. So basically, a restrictive mindset, I would say, is when you have the rules because a diet equals rules. Diets are rules that we create for ourselves or other people create for us around food. So it doesn't, a diet doesn't have to actually just look like the specific, you know, commonly known diet. So like keto or plant based or intermittent fasting or Mediterranean diet or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like one of those formal diets, anything where you're setting rules for yourself, that's coming under the diet umbrella. So let's talk about some examples of food rules. And these are all examples from my life back in the day. So it's things like don't eat anything processed. Or if it can be whole grain, it has to be whole grain. You have to choose the whole grain version every single time. You can eat anything you want, but it has to fit into your calorie or macro count. You can only have one piece of toast with your breakfast. So despite how hungry I was, or like if I was having eggs on toast for breakfast, which is my favorite breakfast, I would only ever have one bread. I could have how many eggs I wanted, but only one piece of toast at any time, no matter how hungry I was, no matter what my body wanted, one piece at all times. I had to always choose the low calorie or the high protein alternatives of things. I did intermittent fasting for a while. So you can only eat between 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Don't eat sugar. That's a pretty obvious one. Things like pizza is only allowed on Saturday nights. I could only eat takeaway on a Saturday night. I would cook with water in a nonstick pan instead of olive oil every time. Or a rule like you can't eat after dinner. And I know that's a common one because a lot of people struggle with that like nighttime snacking thing. So they set themselves a rule of, okay, well, I can't eat after dinner. That's my rule. Spoiler alert, it won't work. So the thing about rules is when we set one rule, it often kind of snowballs because you set one of the rules and then you don't get the outcome that you're looking for, which for a lot of us is weight loss or whatever it is, which means that when this rule stops producing the desired results and it might not produce them in the first place, or it might start producing them and then stop producing them, we bring in another rule and then the same thing happens. And then we have to bring in another rule and another rule and another rule and another rule. And then it's just snowballing. And we end up with this tiny little list of things that we can eat because all these rules have been stacked on top of each other. And then you can only eat like fruits and vegetables. That's the point that I got to. I cut out everything, like no sugar, no flour, nothing processed, no dairy, no animal products, um, nothing that isn't a whole food, no white foods like potatoes and bread and things like that. And that left me like basically fruits and vegetables, except I couldn't eat all vegetables because I couldn't eat potatoes. Like I couldn't eat bunny ears, bad vegetables, like ridiculous. When I look back at it, I look back at what I was trying to make myself do. And I genuinely thought that this is what I had to do to be healthy. This was the best way of eating. Like it blows my mind. It's absolutely ridiculous. So what we think is actually going to happen when we restrict foods is that, you know, we'll stop wanting them. We'll be satisfied with the healthier alternatives. You know, we'll improve our health. We'll be happier. We'll be better. We'll be prettier. We'll be more confident. All of these great things. That's what we think is going to happen when we restrict foods. It's exciting. Like we're like, yes, my life's going to improve. I'm going to be a better person. It's going to be amazing. But that's not what happens. What actually happens when you restrict food 
or what can actually happen is that you'll be overly fixated on them and you won't be able to stop thinking about that food 24 seven. You'll increase your risk of developing an eating disorder and other mental health issues. You will be miserable. You'll feel guilty when you give in and eat them anyway, because that's inevitable. Feel bad when you miss out on social occasions. You'll feel like it isn't enough and you have to restrict further. Like I said, that is what will actually happen. That is much more likely than you actually getting happier, better, prettier, more confident, improving your health, all of those things. Like I said, we inevitably break these rules that we set for ourselves. It might be in a day, might be in a week, might be in a month, might be in a year, whatever it is. Most of the time, like 95% of the time, we're going to break the rule. So what happens then? We think that breaking a rule is bad. And therefore, from there, we determine, well, I broke the rule. That's bad. I'm bad. I am a bad person. I am useless. I have no willpower. I have no motivation. I suck. Why can't I just do this? And we develop like low self-worth. We feel ashamed or stressed out or frustrated for not having more willpower or discipline. Spoiler alert, it is not willpower and discipline that you need. We will get into that very soon. And often what we do is we restrict further to like make up for failing because we think, oh God, okay, well, I've ruined it today. I've ruined it with this meal. So I won't have dinner tonight. Or I've had takeaway today. So I won't have dinner, a takeaway on the weekend or whatever it is. Or another thing we might do is compensate with exercise. A lot of people do that instead of just getting on with their lives. They're like, oh, well, I ate that chocolate bunny at Easter. Now I have to go for a 10K run or I have to go to the gym tomorrow and go two classes or whatever it is. And the other thing that we can do is we, you know, maybe (laughs) let's use the egg example again. With breakfast, you have two pieces of toast with breakfast. Shock, horror, awful. You're a horrible person. How dare you? You have your two pieces of toast and then you're like, well, screw it. I have ruined the day anyway. I've ruined everything. I'm just going to go do whatever I want now. I'm going to eat everything in sight. And then you go and you binge, you go and get takeaway for the rest of your meals for the day. You just go crazy. You drink a bottle of wine that night. You have this like what it's the, what the hell phenomenon you go out and you go all out because you already ruined it for today. So you may as well just give up on today and start again tomorrow. Not a good idea, not a healthy thing for you to be doing. Now, one thing I did just want to touch on is the difference between food rules and food preferences, because this always pops up when I talk about it. Someone's like, yeah, but, 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 and totally fair enough. So an example that I was given, this is actually from my mum at the time when I first talked about this and she's like, yeah, but what happens like if for me, for example, I don't drink during the week because it makes me feel healthier. Like, how is that a bad thing? She's like, I, I don't understand how me not drinking during the week is a bad thing. I'm like, it's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. The thing that determines whether it's a rule and, you know, a rule that negatively affects you or if it's just a preference is what happens when you break the rule. So, for example, as I think I said to my mum at the time, if she has this rule that she doesn't drink during the week and then on a Tuesday night she goes out for dinner with her friends and she ends up drinking a glass of wine at dinner, which, you know, one glass of wine, maybe two glasses of wine, whatever it is. But I'm not talking like she goes and gets drunk because my mum does not really do that very often. Um, then if she goes, has a glass of wine, how does she feel after that glass of wine? 
Does she come home and go, oh my God, I can't believe I had that wine. I can't believe I broke my rule. I feel so guilty. Oh my God, how could I do that? Well, now I won't be able to have a glass of wine on Saturday night because I had it today on Tuesday. Like, oh my God. Or does she go, hmm, had a glass of wine, move on with her life. Does she maybe not even think about the fact she had a glass of wine and that broke her rule, which I know my mum, that's what it will be. So... Or does she, you know, maybe notices it and goes, huh, I don't normally do that. Oh, well, that's where it's a preference. That's where it's not a big deal. If you're not feeling negatively about breaking the rule, then it's fine. It's not a preference. So for example, I don't eat asparagus. Now that's not because I have a food rule that I don't eat asparagus. It's because I don't like it. Asparagus sucks. Or let's go back to the one piece of bread rule again. I don't, you know, have a rule that I can only eat two pieces of bread or three pieces of bread or whatever it is. I just genuinely prefer having two pieces of bread most of the time. I don't eat four pieces of bread because I don't want to. I would be too full and my body would feel yuck. And that might be different for different people. You might feel yuck after two pieces of bread, but fine after one. You might feel yuck after seven pieces of bread, but fine with four. Whatever it is, it's not a rule. It's a preference. Getting rid of food rules doesn't mean saying you have to go and eat every single thing all of the time in ridiculous quantities. That's not what it's about because you won't prefer to do that. Let's look at the sugar thing. If you don't eat sugar, if you genuinely don't enjoy sugar or sugar like makes you feel crap, and I'm not talking like eating a full packet of lollies at once because that probably makes most people feel crap. But if eating, you know, I don't know, a couple of lolly snakes or something, it genuinely just makes you feel yuck no problem. That's great. Don't eat sugar. That's a preference. You prefer not feeling crap, but that can also be something that we can weigh up. One of my past clients had a medical issue that meant that she couldn't eat, well, actually sugar was one of them. She couldn't really eat sugar without it kind of flaring up this condition and she didn't feel great. But what she was finding when you know, when we first started working together, she said to me, but my problem is that I I love sugar. I love lollies or chocolate or whatever it is. So what I'm doing is I'm saying to myself, I can't have it because it's going to flare up this medical issue. But then I go and binge on it. And then it makes me feel even worse. It makes the medical condition so much worse. And like, I can't handle it. Whereas if I just had a little bit, yes, it would have flared up a bit, but I could have dealt with it. So what we had to work through was the fact that Sometimes for her, it was a choice. It was, okay, in this moment, I want sugar. Do I have a little bit of sugar and deal with the consequences of me not feeling amazing? Or do I not have it? And then, you know, maybe that's fine. Maybe I don't need it. Or maybe it will, you know, if I'm continue restricting, it will make me binge on it later. So for her in that moment, it was a choice. It was, do I have it? Even though it doesn't make me feel amazing, but it will make my brain feel amazing. It will make mentally, it will make me feel better. Or do I not have it? And that's a choice. And once you learn to tune into your body and trust your body, you can make these choices. You can make these choices really easily. Now, the other thing I wanted to say on this is that obviously allergies and intolerances are like kind of different. If you love sourdough, but you're a celiac, you're allowed to have a rule not to eat sourdough because if you do, you're going to become incredibly unwell, but also like that's a preference because you would prefer not to be super sick, that kind of thing. And you see this all the time with people who are lactose intolerant. They know that eating the cheese, and I'm looking at one of my closest friends here, they know that eating the cheese is going to make them feel like shit, but they love cheese. 
So they do it anyway, and they deal with the consequences, and sometimes the people around them have to deal with the consequences. Thank you, Ashley. (laughs) But yeah, that is another example. So what happens when you remove the rules? Now, what we think is going to happen is that we're going to eat everything inside. We think that if we don't have food rules, and I hear this all the time, people are like, yeah, but then I'll just eat everything. I'll eat McDonald's for every meal. I'll eat four liters of ice cream in a night, like blah, blah, blah. That's what we think is going to happen, but it's not. I can tell you now with 100% confidence that is not going to happen. You are not going to eat McDonald's for every single meal for the rest of your life or eat junk food. Again, don't like that word. It's in bunny ears for every single meal for the rest of your life because your body doesn't want that. The reason why that happens, the reason why, you know, you try and cut pizza out of your diet and then, or you, you know, maybe not even cut it out of your diet. Maybe you just say it has to be on Saturdays, but then you want it. And then you kind of stop thinking about it. And then you go and binge on it. And you did like, it's in your head all of the time. You're like, I need pizza, I need pizza, I need pizza. And then you go and eat far more pizza than you actually wanted in the first place is because you're restricting it. The reason why you get obsessed with foods or you get preoccupied by foods, so you can't stop thinking about foods is because you are restricting them. And the thing about this is it doesn't even have to be actual restriction. So for me, I remember when I first learned about this and I was struggling with binging a lot and I thought, yeah, but I'm not actually restricting them. I am having, you know, the chocolate, the biscuits, the sugar, whatever it is every single night because I'm binging on it. So how can I, I'm like, I'm not restricting it because I'm having it. But the thing is, it's like mental restriction. It's perceived restriction. So I'd have my binge. I'd feel awful about it. And I'd be like, oh, I need to stop doing this. I need to stop binging. I need to stop having it at night, blah, blah, blah. And then to my brain that says, okay, well, we're stopping ourselves from having this. Like we're not meant to have this. And then the brain's like, hang on a second. We're stopping it from having it. We're going to make you want it all the time. And then I'd go mid again. So it's still perceived mental restriction. And that can even show up in the form of if you're just feeling guilty for eating a food. So if you're feeling guilty for getting McDonald's and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have had that. That's mental restriction. You're like preemptively future restricting yourself in your mind. And actually I saw one of my old clients the other day and we were talking about this and she said, her husband said to her, oh, I've noticed that now when we get McDonald's, you're not like, oh, we have to stop doing this. Like, oh my God, we need to stop eating it because she has worked. She has full food freedom now. She's amazing. (laughs) She is an intuitive eater. And she's like, yeah, because now I'm allowed to have McDonald's if I want it. So I don't feel guilty about it. And you know, they, I'm pretty sure they eat McDonald's less than they used to as well, because it just, it removes that like draw that, that pull that we feel towards it because we're allowed it. Our body knows we're allowed it whenever we want. So it's like, okay, cool. No problem. I'm not stressed. Your brain's like, all right, that's fine. We'll have McDonald's when we want McDonald's. We don't need McDonald's every single day because that doesn't make us feel good. So basically what I'm trying to say is denying yourself something makes you want it even more. You're not weak. Like you don't have zero willpower because you keep giving into this craving or this want for this food. You are just a human. That is what humans do. So next time it happens to you, don't beat yourself up. Just think, okay, cool. I'm like every single other person on this planet. So when you have full permission to eat, like I was saying, like my client does with McDonald's, you can't break any rules because there are no rules. So if you can't break the rules and then like feel all those negative consequences from before, those negative consequences don't exist because you don't have a rule. 
So you don't feel those negative emotions of guilt and shame and regret. And it starts this like cycle for yourself because there were no rules in the first place. You have full permission to eat. It also builds trust around food. So I hear all the time people like, I can't control myself around food or I can't control myself around a certain food. When you get rid of the restriction, you don't need to control yourself around the food because your brain isn't in this like frantic, frenzied, we need to eat everything in sight because we can have it whenever we want. So you're not out of control. It builds trust in yourself and it builds trust in your body. And when we build trust in ourselves and in our bodies, that leads to increased confidence and increased self-worth and increased self-love and all those amazing things that all of us want. These are these incredible side effects from getting rid of that restrictive mindset, from having this full food freedom. They all come along with it. You don't even have to try it. It is amazing. So I guess now you might be thinking, okay, cool, like, this is all sounding good. I feel like I want that. I want to get rid of the restrictive mindset. I want to be confident. I want self-love. I want full permission to eat. But how the F do I get started? Well, I'm going to tell you. So my first tip would be to write a list of every single food rule that you can think of. And there's going to be more than you think. Like I still sometimes have something pop up. I'm like, oh, hey, that used to be a food rule. Like that bread one. I only realized that, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something like that. So write a list of every little food rule you can think of and like think it through, like really maybe look at like every meal of the day and be like, okay, breakfast, have I got any rules with breakfast? Is it that I can have three eggs, but two of them have to just be the whites and not the yolks? Or is it that I can't have cheese in my scrambled eggs? I can only have cheese in my lunch. I don't know, whatever it is, basically think it through and think about beverages as well. It's not just food, anything like that. Think it through. And then what I want you to do is look at your list and pick one or two of them and break them. Now, I don't want you to go and break every single rule at once because I'm all about the baby steps approach. I feel like if you go and just ditch all the rules at one time and break everything, you'll probably freak out. (laughs) You'll be like, what is happening? Oh my God. And you probably will go and eat everything in the world because you'll be like, "Ah, I have full confidence. I can do whatever I want. Maybe just baby steps, baby steps approach. So pick one or two and then break them. The first thing I want you to do is notice that the world does not end. The world does not end if you eat pizza on a Tuesday instead of a Saturday. The world does not end if you have two pieces of toast instead of one. And while you're doing it, do it consciously. So don't just like order the pizza on a Tuesday night instead of Saturday and then lie in front of Netflix and like inhale it while you're watching Netflix. And then you're like, oh, my pizza's gone. Don't do that. Do it consciously and pay attention to that like internal monologue that's going on while you're eating. So paying attention to those thoughts that are popping up. And for a lot of us, guilt might pop up or shame might pop up or, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. It's going to pop up or, oh, I need to go to the gym tomorrow now because of this. Those kind of thoughts will likely pop up. If this is something that you're not breaking often, then they probably will pop up. So what you need to do is consciously change those thoughts. So consciously talk back to your internal monologue, argue with it, be like, shut up, brain. Nope, we are not doing that today. This is good. Consciously think things like this isn't a big deal. It's okay for me to be eating this right now. I love this food. This is good for me because it's good for my soul and it makes me happy. So focus on what you're doing. Focus on what's going on in your head. And you don't have, like, I'm not saying you have to do this forever. This is just for those kind of first few times while you're still working out of it. And then eventually those thoughts will not pop up. Those thoughts never pop up for me when I'm eating food now because I just don't have them. I don't have that belief that food is good or bad. I've got rid of that. So that's what you have to do. You have to do this type of thing. And that's going to consciously 
get you out of this habit of thinking food is good and bad and you have to restrict things and you have to blah, blah, blah. This is how you do it. And then one day you're going to look back and you're going to realize that you are so much kinder to yourself. You're so much happier. You have this incredible relationship with food. You're more confident. You never struggle with food anymore. That's what's going to happen. One day you will look back and you'll feel that and you'll be like, wow, I cannot believe how controlled I was by food. I cannot believe how awful I felt so much of the time. I can't believe this was such a big deal. And now I have so much more space in my life, so much more joy in my life. It is the most incredible feeling to get over struggling with food. I cannot even explain it. It frees up so much time, so much space, so much energy, so much emotion in your life. And one day that is going to be you because you're going to implement this and you're going to get rid of those food rules, get rid of that restrictive mindset, and you're going to feel amazing. So that is the episode today. I did just want to mention one more thing. I have just released an amazing free resource. So it is an ebook and it's about how to become an intuitive eater. Now we know intuitive eating is my thing. This is intuitive eating. What we're talking about today, this is intuitive eating. So this ebook I've put together for you is on how to become an intuitive eater. So we're going to talk about what the heck intuitive eating actually is. If you haven't listened to the intuitive eating episode, we're going to talk about the principles of intuitive eating. We're going to bust some intuitive eating myths. It's going to be great. It's going to help change your life. And I also have an extra bonus that I'm throwing in there, which is a guide called meal prep for intuitive eaters. So back when I started learning about intuitive eating, I was like, yeah, but I love meal prep. Like meal prep queen can't ditch all my Tupperware. Can't like stop cooking every meal and things like that. I don't have time during the week. Who's got time during the week? So I thought I couldn't become an intuitive eater because I didn't understand how that works with meal prep because I didn't want to ditch meal prep. So this guide I've put together for anyone who's in the same boat, that is there for you. It's hundred percent free as well. I've thrown it in as a little bonus. So enjoy. If you want to download this guide, hundred percent free, it is in the link in the show notes. So head there, grab it. It will be delivered straight to your inbox straight away. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't already, leave a review for me and also share it on your socials so that more people can find this. We can spread this message to everyone else and start burning diet culture to the ground. That would be great. I hope you have an incredible day and I'll see you in the next episode.